Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. File and on FM. From the home of time. This is Maritime Radio. Greenwich. It's Alcacuri! Charlton and Vega grab themselves an absolutely priceless goal with what will surely be virtually the last kick of the game. Brad Friedel beaten. Joy for the fans. How much will that? always wanted to play that on live uh good evening and welcome to chart on live my name's tom wallin and it's thursday the 27th of october uh joining me in the studio tonight nathan muller nath how are you doing yeah not bad mate living dream we're all, all, all going in all live are we well, let's hope so, let's hope so. Someone, <laughs> we're talking in a room on ourselves having a nice little chat yeah someone will tell us soon if we're not that's yeah. for sure um, Louis away this week, as you've probably guessed. We've sneaked him north of the border, uh, doing a bit of scouting, uh, checking on Tony Watt, hopefully, uh, amongst other things. Um, <laughs> but while he's away, we've got plenty to talk about. Uh, we're obviously going to mention a, a certain someone going on to talk sport today. Um, we're <coughs> going to talk about the banner day, which is coming up, um, go through the card statement uh, and the recent protests. Uh, we'll talk about the Hummel uh, new kit deal, five-year kit deal announced earlier this week um, and the, the decision to get the fans involved in that, which I think we can all agree, uh, agree is, is good news. Um, our chart and connection this week, we've got three players who we're going to mention. Um, we've got Jason Lee, Leon Clark and Jamal Campbell-Rice. Um, Considering <laughs> we thought we was clutching for straws, we've actually found three of them. Yeah, and we've got some interesting interesting information on, on a couple of them as well. So mm. um, yeah, we've got those. And then finally, we'll, we'll look ahead to Chesterfield. We'll talk about Slade's press day today uh, and generally look ahead to, to a game that hopefully we're going to go on to win. Um, but yeah, first things first, uh, I think we can't go anywhere else than catch you in on TalkSport today. Um, you weren't able to hear it today, Nath, is that right? No, yeah, I, was, I, I, I knew it was happening and, and um, I started reading it at, at work um, and then I sort of had the realisation that I probably should be doing a lot more work than reading about 26 pages on um, Charlton Life. So I read a couple of bits, but I haven't had the chance to listen to it yet, but I know uh, I know you've probably had the joy of listening to it. Um, uh, twice, I, unfortunately. Yeah, I did see someone um, on, the tr- on the bus here, I did um, see someone uh, called up TalkSport and they refused to put them through and that, which was quite interesting. But um, yeah. That's, yeah, that's certainly part of it. We'll, <coughs> we'll go on to talk about that as well. Yeah, unfortunately I had to listen to it twice. I listened to it as it was going out live forgot I had a meeting and then had to spend my lunchtime re-listening to it so I could actually note down what was said so we could discuss it tonight so commitment yeah That's commitment not, for you. wouldn't have been my first choice but, but <laughs> never mind so um yeah she joined Jim White uh, and Danny Murphy uh, in the studio uh, and some someone else as well but I can't remember who um but obviously Jim White had, had talked about it in his show a week or so ago he'd um bumped into to catch you in at the Gillingham game um, and said that he was going to get some answers. So I've written down a few of the main points, as I say, because right. you won't have heard it. Okay. So we'll, we'll kind of go through them and see whether you think they've got the answers. I think social media has told us clearly that yeah. most fans don't think they have. I feel a bit under pressure. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> Going in cold. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the first thing that Jim White goes on to talk about is that Duchatelet doesn't come anymore. Um, that's something we've known for a while. You know, he's not... He's not interested in coming to the club. Um, And Katrin doesn't really mention that at all. She avoids that um, and just, you know, mentions that we're not a a pressing concern for him, that he's got 7,000 employees that he has to look after uh, and kind of avoids that question. So they move fairly quickly on. Uh, And the first real point is regarding the managerial appointments. Um, So they talk about the fact that fans are 
unhappy, distressed at the the managerial appointments that have come in, um, mainly mainly Belgian, as we're well aware. Uh, and Catron responds by saying, "I understand the fans are upset. Um, we did well apart from last season, um, <laughs> and we've turned a corner in the summer." Right. Okay. Uh, what's your first thoughts? What do you right. Okay. So first off, I was wondering. I was thinking, "Oh, what am I going to say?" I started panicking. That last one done. Shut herself in the foot straight away. You'll be fine. So we've done. So what was the exact word she said? Uh, I haven't quoted, but she basically says, "I understand why the fans are upset." Uh, we did well apart from last season, which right. I'm pretty sure that's a direct quote. Year, year on year, so if if you're running a business, right, everyone out there who runs a business, you you focus your forecast, whatever. Year on year improvement, right? So and then you strive to be a better business and a better brand, or whatever. Which, if you look at us, we're a prime example of that. If you look at us, finish what ninth in the championship, and yeah. now seventeenth in League One. I think that's blatantly obvious that you know it's a it's a vast improvement over the last three years. <laughs> but fans, again, it's exactly crazy. For, Absolutely, it's, it's it's crazy. But um, we sort of knew that the, the old spill was going to come out again. Um, but I, I just don't see how you can say that. I don't see how you can have the, the front to say that and just the the intelligence, just how you can logically say, oh, we've been better year on year. Mm. It goes back to the whole appointment of the manager thing. We've got better, and it's been done for the right reasons and. Oh, yeah. It's like a broken record, but yeah, I mean, that one's straight away farcical. Um, what about the fact that she says we've turned a corner in the summer? Now, obviously, in the summer, we did see Slade come yeah. in. Um, I think largely we were more positive about that, certainly, than we yeah. have been about any other appointment under Roland. Um, we did bring in players who were not only experienced at this level, but proven. Um, Novak, McGuinness, Jose, Holmes, they've all got goals. Uh, okay, McGuinness uh, more north of the border, but they've all got goals. Um, obviously, at the time, if she'd have said we've turned a corner in the summer in August, we yeah. might have had more sympathy. Yeah. But given where we are at the moment, uh, something you, you agree with or, or um, not? Not to, uh, to uh, I don't know, because I'm one of the positive people, right? And I'm one of these people that a lot of people might hate. But I was quite positive, you know, when we brought Russell in and the players we were bringing in, we were the right sort of players that we've all, all wanted. Mm. Um, however, when the season started, every single one of us knew that middle of the park wasn't going wasn't gonna to pull up any trees. And we all knew that. Yeah. Um, and then it's gone back to the situation where we haven't built a big enough squad again because we're trying to... Our budget's the sixth biggest. Was it, she said it was in the top six that, budget or something? That's what she said at the start of the season. Yeah. So if you're top six budget, but the thing that irates me is not the players we're bringing in, it's the players that we've not sold or we're still paying parts mm. and parts of their wages, which if we got rid of them and we had someone to do that properly, we would have had more money to get these players that we wanted. So yeah. again, it falls back to incompetency of running a football club. So in my opinion, anyway. Um, but yeah, that's when, when Russell joined, like I said, when Russell joined and we started bringing in those players, I was optimistic and I thought maybe they have. Yeah. But I was still reserved judgment. I wasn't going to jump in the old happy or I love Roland uh, sort of. To, uh, people who are the, yeah. apparently the ninety eight percent of the fans, <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so I mean, I, I I was optimistic, but I still reserve judgment, and I've obviously been everyone's been proved right again. Yeah. Uh, just on a side note on that, uh, <clears throat> talking about players that we've got out on loan or that we haven't managed to ship out on big contracts, <clears throat> I was looking on on Live Score the other day at some of the Belgian results and the amount of players I now recognise in the Belgian league just from coming <laughs> over here is ridiculous. You know, the likes of Vettikele and Sabeos, for example, who were. You know, supposed to be big players for us. Obviously, Igor started well, but Sabayos never really got off the ground. Yeah. But you know, creative players, player, Lapointe. The yeah, creative, the other creative. He bangs him in though. He, he does all right. Does, <laughs> he? I remember that game at Cardiff away. I don't. It couldn't trap a bag of cement. It was Almost probably as one as of the worst championship is, is above him. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah. So moving on to the re- the rest of the interview. Um, Danny Murphy, as I say, was alongside Jim White and the two of them asked asked these questions. So Danny's question was first and he said, why does Roland want to be the owner? Yeah. Uh, and Jim White, before Katrian had a chance to answer, I'm sure she was ready to jump in. Uh, Jim White followed that up with, so what's next in terms of Roland's ownership? Yeah. Um, Katrian said that no one buys a club to fail. Uh, again, said we went wrong last season yeah. um, and does admit that and then moved straight on to this season's actions talks about the players that they've signed in the summer again um, and says we can only go forward. Uh, and that's something she mentions quite a lot in the interview. She says, look, the past is the past. We need to move forward. Mm. Um, I think Card uh, have made it very clear they're not prepared to move forward with these owners. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I say, that's something she goes back to. I mean, we've said it before. We don't think that there's there's anything 
that they can do now to turn it around whilst they're still here. Mm. Catrian obviously thinks that there is. Yeah, well, it's, it's a great PR PR answer. She's obviously been told that one. She probably had it on a post-it note, but it's a great PR answer. But it's one where I always think back, and it's I can't help but think back. It's the same excuse every year. You know, and you learn from your mistakes once and then you should try and bet yourself. But it's taken two, three years now to get us. And we're now languishing at the bottom of the League One. Mm. And it's got to that stage now where we've actually sat, getting relegated from League One, uh, from Championship, sorry. Oh, I don't want to tempt fate. <laughs> getting relegated from the Championship for us to go, hang on a minute, something's not working here. Yeah. And that's the thing that grates me the most. It's taken all that time all uh, just to realise that how it's being done is wrong, which all of us were saying since day one. Uh, the the worst part of that answer for me is she then goes on to say that they say is he going to stay or they I think they basically say to her so he's going to stay uh, and she says yes she says we've had no offers um, obviously we Yet. I don't think we know necessarily where there was an official offer on the table but we yeah. know that there's been people interested mm. uh, but she says irrespective of that the club's not for sale um, so that's the line from the top they're here to stay yeah, I mean, she was always going to say that and she'd been quite coy about it because she didn't say there was interest. She said there wasn't an offer, which there probably isn't a formal offer. Um, I don't know. There's there's probably rumblings in the backgrounds and sort of inquiries, but um, I don't know if there has been a firm, firm offer, which... Mm. But unless she's lying again, which, you know, maybe she is, maybe she isn't. I don't know. Who knows? Um, they go on then to talk about uh, transfers. Um, it was a subject that... <clears throat> came up a lot particularly soon after Chris Powell left mm-hmm. um, and again this is something that we've heard in fans meetings and, and that sort of forum um, but here on radio she was asked about the transfers um, about who picks the team and who picks the players that come in mm-hmm. um, and she stated that the manager is con- uh, in control um, obviously we know that Russell has confirmed this we've there may have been a couple of fallings out over certain players with, with between him and, as we understand it, potentially Thomas Dreisen over a couple of the signings. But uh, Russell has sort of made the final decision on that. Um, but previously we've heard, you know, Powell's confirmed that, that RD messed around a bit in his selection. Um, but Catrian was there to reassure us, I think, that, you know, Russell's in full control of the team. Um Kind of how how do you react to that? Well, she, <clears throat> uh, first on Russell, I mean, we I think we know that he's probably got the major, the main say and uh, transfers and tactics and stuff because they weren't going to get another British manager who was going to accept their way yeah. of someone sticking their nose in, you know, and and it's well documented the the situation with the Sheffield United game um, with Chris, um, which obviously went on and. Yeah, maybe he, you know, maybe he's obviously t- took a seat back and said, maybe I can't, you know, put me in where it's not well, well yeah. welcome. So I mean, yeah, it, I think Russell is in charge of it now. But again, it's taken all those appointments later. I don't know how many it was, five or whatever it is, mm. five appointments to realise that that's the way that it's got to work. She uh, later on in the interview, they they sort of expand on this a little bit as well, and um, they say that what if. Uh, we just gave Russell a chance and Katrien said here and now she was going to give Russell two years um, you know, to do whatever he wants, leave him in control of the team. Mm. He manages the club uh, and he's got that two years, barring obviously potential relegation or anything like that and just leave him to do his job. Uh, if that was the case, first of all, how do you think uh, Card and the protestmen might react to that? You know, if If they came out and said... Roland's in charge. Uh, sorry, Russell's in charge. He's going to have this season and next season, irrespective. We're still going to be here, but we're going to leave everything up to him. Yep. How do you react to that? How do you think the protesters react to that? Um, do you think that that's a start at changing the relationship, or do you think, as we've said before, that, that it's just gone? Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't think. I don't think it matters who's in charge, whether or not the um, card. Uh, and the protesters, you know, peacefully protest and stuff at all. You could have anyone in charge. You could have Santa in, in charge. It doesn't matter. The, the issue is not the manager. It's the actual hierarchy, which we're which we're not happy with. So she comes out and says, Slade's got two years, blah, blah, blah. Yep, great PR answer. And it's it's something that we should have had three years ago mm. and, and a bit of stability. But, yeah, I don't think whoever's in charge is going to change and that's the opinion you talk about a PR answer a couple of times there and that's something that I thought came through through the whole interview we'll go on to talk about the fact that 
that uh, calls were were apparently rejected by Talksport on mm. the the will of Catrien. Yeah. Um, but it did feel very much like it was an interview that was pre-planned. Yeah. Um, that there were questions that she was expecting and that she was able to turn into to answer she wanted to. So, yeah. Um, I'm not surprised that you've kind of reacted that way because that's certainly how it sounded on the interview as well. Um, as she carries on, she she talks about the door always being open. Um, throughout this interview, not only did it sound sort of PR and, and slightly spin, but she talks about still about improving communications, uh, about how she's met with certain fans groups, which we know has happened, hmm. um, and that the door is always open. She also takes the opportunity to mention that that, that invitation was extended to card, which again we know. Yep. Um, from her point of view, obviously a chance on the on the radio to say that they chose not to take the offer. Hmm. Um, so she still thinks that communication's an answer. Um, she still thinks that if they harness the power of the fans, they can turn this around. Uh, and yet we're led to believe that she refused to take calls on the radio from fans to discuss that and to open that communication. So mm. how do you kind of react to that? Yeah, so I don't want to keep repeating myself because it must sound like I'm just a broken record at the moment, but it harps back to before, you know, Card offered the Olive Branch before, before this season, the season before. There were loads of times where Card offered to come in and speak and it was, it was refuted, it was rejected. She didn't mm. want to know. Only when now... The certain swear word is it the fan? Yeah, it's only now where she wants a goal. Oh, do you want to? You know, do you want? Should we all be happy families? And it's too late. You know, mm. it, it, you can't make make this club what it is now, and then just go. Oh, well, let's let's start a clean slate, starting from now, and expect everyone to go. Oh, okay, then let's let's crack on. It's not going to happen, and she's always going to. She says, you know, open door to communication. We can't get any worse. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's, there's only one way it can go, and it's it's to get better. But I don't think it's going to happen when these lot are here. Personally, no. okay. Um, right, we've been talking pretty much solid for for the best part of 15 minutes. So we'll take a quick break, uh, and when we come back, we will continue to talk about the interview that uh, was on today on Talksport between Catchy and Mayor uh, and Jim White. So we'll be back in about a minute. Almost at the halfway line. Unbelievable strike. That is outrageous. Right-footed. Well, saw all McCoffey's line. What a goal. Charlton Live. Might have come through quite loud. Uh, if that did, apologies, but it's too late because you won't have had time to turn it down. Um, so, as I say, me and Nafe here today, and um, we're talking about the Talksport interview uh, between Katri Mayer and Jim White. Um, she carried on, uh, obviously, uh, getting questions, as we say, possibly pre uh, pre sort of planned. Um, and the next one that Jim went on to talk about was the the loss of season tickets over last summer. Um, he says that I think it was the largest percentage reduction in the history of the club over one summer to lose that many people because I think we had about 10,000 last year didn't we so about a 40% drop um, and Catrian uses this opportunity first of all to, to hint that it was just the relegation's fault um, she then goes on to talk about the affordable football um, and how despite the fact that we've lost 4,000 people we've still got the cheapest season ticket in the ground yeah um, she says that she's meeting fan groups about how to make things better um, and how to get the fans back. Uh, she mentions that she uses the word unique uh, at one point, Love which obviously, yeah, we've heard several times before. Um, and also chooses this chance to to mention the 25 years since the Back to the Valley um, and the Hummel uh, sponsorship deal, which we're going to come on to later. Mm. Uh, a very PR paragraphed <laughs> answer for me. Mm. but seems to ignore the fact that she's not only lost 4,000 season tickets over the summer, but doesn't seem to have a solution to getting them back, really. Yeah, when I hear it straight away, it seems um, not laughable because it's not, but 
you get you say in one sentence that you lose four thousand season ticket holders, but then you, you then go on to say that we've got the cheapest season ticket in the country or whatever. So if you've got the cheapest season ticket in the country and your demand is still down, that's saying something, isn't it? It's, <laughs> it's something that you would think a basic business <laughs> yeah. person yeah. would understand. You if know? you've reduced your prices to so low that you're hardly probably making any money from it, and it's the demand is still not there, it's quite it's crazy. Whereas I think even if you had another, if the, if they weren't, if you had another hundred quid onto a season ticket and they weren't here, I guarantee we'd have more than four thousand. Four thousand yeah. seats, I guarantee it. Yeah, and that's the thing, and it's not, and it it surprised, me, it didn't surprise me that we lost people, uh, you know, season ticket holders, but it did surprise me the amount that we actually lost. I didn't anticipate for us to lose four thousand seats. I thought it was going to be like one or two thousand. Uh, do you know what I mean? I never anticipated it to be that much. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you're, you're spot on, and I think I completely <laughs> agree with you. I mean, my notes on this one were that she goes on about affordable and then in brackets I put yeah but people still aren't coming bums um, on seats that's the main thing exactly you know, yeah. that's what you need and the fact is pe- people aren't coming it's, it's got nothing to do with the price and, and as you say if they were to go I'm sure that uh, things would be a lot better and the, the stadium would be a lot fuller um, Jim White actually does respond and says well that all sounds great but isn't the damage already done and these people still aren't coming um, and again she, she says well let's look forward uh, ignores the fact that we've lost these 4,000 people. Um, let's look forward. Uh, and also mentions uh, card and mentions it as a war. Um, now, that's a word... I don't know if card have ever used it. I think it, it very much is a battle at the moment between the fans and the club. Uh, yeah. But I don't know if that's necessarily the right choice of word for the club to be saying. That's what she sees it as. Yeah. You know, I've not, I've not heard anyone use that sort of language to say that we're at war with a club. Yeah, we're in protest, but we're not at a war. We're in a, we're in a, a predicament where we want to make things better for our football club. Um, if they want to see it as a war, then obviously they're getting, they're obviously bothered by it. Yeah. Um, more that, more, more though, more so than obviously we are. We're actually just doing actually stuff which we're entitled to do. But I wouldn't say it's a war. Um, but like I said, trying to put a negative spin on, um, people expressing their views I wouldn't call it a war no but um, we all know how these guys are what are the words not very good with their words are they yeah well um, talking of war as well obviously the first thing to say is that that kind of immediately conjures up an image of violence Um, and she does go on to talk about they sort of mention the protests so they talk about uh, throwing the pigs on the pitch a couple of weeks ago they talk about the plane that flew over Um, but then they go on to some of the the ones from last season including the signature uh, sent to Company's House, um, advising that Catrian had been resigned. Um, and also uh, the people who went to her parents' house in Belgium to deliver, I think, deliver a letter um, to them. Yeah. Um, now, all of them agree that, that that one in particular was was too much. Yep. I think at the time we said the same yeah, thing. Yeah, I agree, yeah. Um, but for me, what, what was frustrating was that it, it gave her an opportunity to, to focus on that one. Yeah. Uh, one that I think majority of fans w- would probably agree with her. Uh, one of the rare rare parts, uh, times where we would, um, and ignores the the other protests, um, which I would say have been pretty effective and and focuses on that. So, you know, uh, Talksport they they've done more than than a lot of radio stations have. They've got her on air, but for me, it, it started to s- perhaps paint her a bit as a victim, um, yeah. which obviously was as fans not what we wanted to see. No, and it's. It's difficult because I can understand, um, obviously, our frustrations that there were certain, you know, there was there were certain things that weren't mentioned. But um, but by the same token, they've also got her on, so they have to be mindful of the fact that if they're going to try and get her on again in the near future, then they're not going to just literally say, right, mm. here's some questions, but when you come on, you're going to get absolute abuse. Yeah, it, you know, and they've got to be careful in terms of whatever rules or whatever they've got to do, but. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, towards the end, it probably from what you said, it did sound like it was a bit of a victim. That side of you know when people went to Belgium or whatever, um, it was unfortunate that it was mentioned because, like you said, it more would have been focused on the pigs and the yeah. the bulls and the the company's house a bit more, and then it might not have been because especially if it finished on that point as well, it would have been like you said, she would have been seen as a victim, which yeah. I don't think she is. To and be fair. Interestingly, the only comment she did make about throwing the pigs on the pitch was uh, she talks about it interrupting the game. Uh, now she says, uh, I haven't got the quote here, but she says something along the lines of that fans are welcome to protest before and after the game, but if they're interrupting the game, then that's going to affect the players. Um, this is a protest we've seen several times. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if we've won all of them. 
but no. certainly in the majority of games where we've protested on the pitch we've then gone on to win the game and it's got everyone fired up so yeah. again a bit of a, a non-point from there yeah I, I, yeah I, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't say it affected the players they probably get a bit of not frustrated, but just a bit, oh, I just want to play football. But I don't think that's in anger towards the fans. It's just because they're all pumped up, the adrenaline's pumping, and they just want to get on with it. But like you said, I think the Sheffield Wednesday, Carol Fry's first game we won. I don't know if yeah. there was a protest then, that game. The Sheffield Wednesday game? Yeah, that was the game. I can't not, remember if that Saturday, was. Saturday. It was, it was his first game, wasn't it? His first home yeah, game. Yeah, because Forrest was the first yeah, protest Forrest, outside that was the stadium, one, yeah. wasn't it? I don't know if there's stuff then. Yeah, and then Bright, Middle, Brighton, Borough. Borough, they were top of the league, absolutely yeah, flying. yeah. Even though the manager left the day before or something. Yeah, but, but we, still, still, we still took him apart. Still, that day. Yeah, Kyle Marriott took him apart. Uh, the Brighton game, not so much, but they were a good team. Burnley, not so much, because they were champions. Um, Coventry won. So I think we've done more, done better than most of the other games that we've not had anything, to be honest. Mm. I mean, look at the Oldham game. Yeah. No protest. We was absolutely dire. Rochdale, yeah. no protest really, was there? Yeah. Absolutely dire. And so. I think that was one of the things that I found frustrating listening to it, and I'm sure Charlton fans <laughs> will agree that it felt, and as I say, I, I'm glad they've got her on in, in a, one aspect because it does air things a bit and certainly gives us a chance to respond. Mm. Uh, not immediately, obviously, on the radio, but we're, we're able to now. But it, uh, Jim Jim White and, and Danny Murphy, and as I say, the, the third guest that was in there, they didn't really seem to be that informed yeah. um, and, and maybe that's you know maybe you wouldn't expect that level of research but you know if they had looked into the results of the previous protests and seen that we'd actually gone on to do well in a lot of those games that would have been something they could have picked apart a little bit more yeah they could have done but um, yeah maybe I don't know the, how it had the old producing of TalkSport works but maybe they wanted to try and keep a balanced view because obviously Jim spoke to her already mm. maybe they wanted to keep Danny balanced because he played for the club um, and he had another sort of mindset. So maybe they just wanted to keep it balanced and it not to be a, a barrage of sort of questions and questions and abuse. But yeah. um, that's the only reasoning I can think mm. so. But um, That's yeah. a, a good point to, to end on there because I, I'd then bring up the fact that they do mention that, or Jim Mike mentions that they're getting a lot of responses on social media. Uh, he doesn't go into too much detail, but says a lot of people are, are tweeting him, which are, mm. if you were following Twitter throughout the day, you would have seen as well. Mm. Um, there's only one that he chooses to pick out, um, which is a quote from uh, a magazine, I think a Belgian magazine, uh, a couple of years ago, where uh, the quote that is alleged to have been said is, I don't care about the history of the club. Um, and he asked her to explain that. Um, now that's obviously come from a quote you've seen on social media um, and that's the first and only time in the whole interview that I don't think she was expecting that question mm. uh, and it took her a long time to answer that and adjust yeah. um, who said that? Roland said it or she said it? Uh, that was apparently quoted to her uh, yeah. she goes on to try and explain it and explains that uh, I think as she justified it that uh, the history of the club is not her concern. It's that she needs to focus on going forwards. Um, but given the Hummel announcement the other day, uh, specifically to celebrate the 25 years of the Valley, um, given what the fans did 25 years ago to save our club, uh, a quote like that still being dragged up and her inability to answer it is... Is still a concern for me, particularly as they they seem to be using this Hummel deal as a as a chance to to show how much they do care about the history of the club. Yeah, well, it was a it was a bit of an own goal again. Yeah, she'd be getting thrashed if she was a football team, <laughs> she? <laughs> be about eight nil down by oh, now. Oh my god! Um, yeah, so I mean, and then obviously the Hummel thing. Um, it was a bit, a bit of a bolt out of the blue. I, was, I saw it on. Uh, I think I saw it on Twitter, and I thought well, that's random. Mm. I didn't know who Hummel were. I've seen it about, but it was like a Danish blooming. It's just random, but um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a right idea, but it's just like, well, it don't, it's not really if something they would usually do. So I just think it's another company that's come in and said, right, you got to do this. Yeah, try and try and win people back. And I don't think, a, uh, although the idea is great, whoever's come up with the idea, I don't think you're going to win many fans over and go, oh, all's forgiven. Mm. You're giving us a new kit for 25 years back at the Valley, which we'll all celebrate anyway. But um, but yeah, it's just a bit random. It's just yeah. Yeah, he, they then was it a corner flag thing? Was it you know on the website had the old corner flag one? <laughs> Probably would have been <laughs> corner flag. Yeah, it would have been. Um, right, they then uh, getting towards the sort of last part of the interviews now, and they they mentioned Thomas Dryzen, um, yeah. someone who's caused uh, maybe not personally, but the the subject of Thomas Dryzen's involvement at the club has caused a lot of unrest and upset amongst fans over the last couple of months, particularly. 
Um, she chuckles. Um, we've seen her do that before. Whether that's a nervous thing or not, it's, yeah, it is. it's certainly unfortunate from her point of view because it sounds like she's not that fussed by it. Um, it's, it's arrogance or it's nervousness. It's yeah, the only two it, things. It's got be. to be one of the two, hasn't it? I, I'm prepared to give her the benefit of the doubt on this occasion and say it's nervousness because I think it probably is. Mm. Um, and then goes on to say that he's still involved but that Russell has the final say. Um, again... If there was either callers allowed to uh, comment yeah. or interviewers who are perhaps a bit more educated on this, they would have been able to press her further, but they don't. Yeah. Um. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Do you think, therefore, that particularly that part of the interview and what we've discussed over the first half an hour of the show, mm. how does this interview kind of sit with you? How do you reflect on it? Because for me doesn't really seem to answer many questions um the answers seem pretty superficial uh, mm. and the questions don't really go into the depth that fans would have wanted um that's that's my opinion kind of as i say you haven't heard the interview yet but having discussed some of the main points how do you kind of see it and how do you reflect on it yeah I, to be honest i don't i don't i don't think it matters what radio show she goes on it's all going to be the same rhetoric and, 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 unless by some miracle, she can which she can come in in here and in in this studio, mm. um, and have questions from us, which we're going to say a lot of stuff that's going to be quite blunt. Well, we've talked about it before, um, haven't we? We've said if there was a way of perhaps you know vetting questions and and finding questions and you know cutting yeah. out stuff that's that's obviously just just uh, consulting or anything yeah, like that, but yeah. constructive questions. But I can't see. Uh, that no, I can't myself. see, and that, and that's the only time we're we're, we're going to have people you know like us guys and all our the, all the other listeners and stuff who can actually send in the questions that's the only time where we're going to have an honest and frank mm. discussion with her because like you said pre pre-planned questions aren't the same you can prepare for those it's not what that's about we just come in cold and then you, you it, it, it makes that person think on their feet and they've got to say what they've got to say which as we saw she struggled with the one exactly. question that was like that um, so yes i mean it was it was good I suppose that we've got a bit of exposure again, but was there anything that surprised me and shocked me? No, it was, it was the same. You could have probably written it before the actual interview happened, what the answers were going to be. Uh, I'm kind of kind of split on the reaction as well because I've seen quite a few journalists uh, comment who, who listened or were either tweeted to by Charlton fans and told to listen to it who were surprised at the answers and mm. quite critical. On the other hand, I tried to... Th- as I was listening to it and, and reflecting on it, I tried to put myself in the shoes of someone who perhaps didn't know Charlton, didn't know the protests or anything. Mm. How would I see her listening to her for the first time? Um, my concern was that in that instance, you would probably come away thinking that they're doing quite a good job and that they have turned that corner. Um, as fans, we, we know that that doesn't appear to be the case. You know, we're down in the bottom half of League One at the moment. Mm. As you say, when they took over, we were ninth in the in the championship um but that's how i worry that the other fans may see it and to that to that point i wonder whether she's got perhaps what she wanted from the interview yeah i mean there's always that element anyway but the, the only thing we can do is just keep on doing with doing making the exposure there so uh, unfortunately because we're not a man united you, it's not going to be on the back of the pages unfortunately mm. well there ha- i know there has been you know, the yeah, stuff yeah. in the press and that, what Lou and Rich do. But yeah, it's been dis- it, it's disappointing, but it's the way it is, and we just need to keep going. And then eventually, like we did before, we'll get what we need and what we want for the club. Uh, we'll finish with, with pretty much the end of the interview as well, where they basically ask her where we're going, um, what the future is. 
Um, she says she wants the club to succeed, which, yeah. to be honest, is, is a nothing statement because you would expect someone in that position to want the club to succeed. Um, she says she's a fan now, which I think is something we heard back in the first season when she was travelling to games via train, I think, with fans. Um, she says uh, they ask, is Roland the best man for the club? And she says yes. Oh, that's good then. Um, so that's that's reassuring. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, and they then ask, will he put the money in? Will he now spend big, do what the fans want and get players in? Uh, and her answer is, everything we do is for the long-term benefit of Charlton. <laughs> Thoughts? <laughs> How do you react oh, to that? Well, Whoever that PR person should get a pay rise. I know that. They do um, spend five minutes of the, the interview talking about the training ground, the expansions as well, which yeah, whilst they great. are good... Yeah, yeah it's great I've having a nice, shiny, polishing that. new blooming training ground if you're in League One, League Two, isn't it? It's absolutely fantastic. Attracting the players that you need from blooming... No disrespect, altering them or whatever. Do you know what I mean? It's, what's the shiny training stadium going to do? It's nothing. Mm. Absolutely nothing. Until you're in the Premiership Championship, it's pointless. Absolutely pointless. So the the bad news is that the interview doesn't really tell us anything we didn't already know, except that they're pretty much here to stay. Um, for now. Uh, yeah, for now, as you say. Um, one thing I did see on Twitter after was a, a quite a nice analogy, and apologies, I can't remember who tweeted this out, but for anyone who's a Breaking Bad fan out there, um, there's a scene in that where Walt, who... For those who don't know, is a crystal meth cook. Yeah, I have no idea what this yeah. is. Yeah, okay. So we'll let's see. We'll test you and we'll see if you think the analogy does work. <laughs> right, okay. He's uh, working for another guy who's got a massive drug empire. Yep. But over a number of episodes, he gets tired of that that guy running things and decides he's going to kill him. Right. Uh, he does kill him and then has to create his own uh, empire from scratch. Uh, and starts losing money and getting angry that he's getting less money than he was under the previous yeah. uh, empire. Uh, and another character says to him, we had everything. We had everything and you and your ego ruined it. Yep. Um, and that kind of takes me back. When they took over, you could argue they had everything. They yep. had uh, someone who was quickly becoming a club legend up front. They had a bona fide club legend in charge of the club. We'd finished in the top half of the championship. Um, we Okay, we were struggling that second season, but we had hundreds of games in hand. Uh, and the feeling, uh, and I think the point that they were trying to make was we these owners did have everything then, uh, and they seem to have thrown it all away yep. because of their ego. So Yeah, no, yeah, it makes perfect yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Well, yeah. I, I wanted to mention that because, as I say, for people who have seen the show, that probably makes a lot of sense. I was wondering um, where it was going when, when you had no. the drugs and the killings. I was like, hang on a minute. <laughs> No, can I just say, I definitely didn't accuse Catcher of taking drugs. Let's make that very clear here on Charlton Live. There's a lot of things we do say, but that, that's not one of them. Um, before we get ourselves in any more trouble, uh, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back to talk about Saturday and the Bring Your Own Banner to Chesterfield uh, game, which uh, yeah is, is coming up. And we'll also talk about the, the upcoming game and our Charlton Connections. Lovely ball into the part of Goodmanson. Can he take his man on? He does. He's trying to be pulled back, but he's in the area. The ball across the middle again, eh? And there's a goal! Charlton have the lead again. Super work. Firstly from Henderson and rolled it out to Cousins, who did a pinpoint pass into the part of Goodmanson. And instead of Goodmanson going on his own, a slide rule ball across the penalty area picked out Vedicaley, who buried his chance, and Charlton a 2 1 up. Charlton Live. So welcome back to Charlton Live, the big match preview podcast. Um, I will just say that I, I know a lot of you have tweeted in um, through today and there may well be emails as well. Um, we have only got the hour um, and I, my technical ability isn't the greatest. Um, we will get to them hopefully on Sunday's show. I'm sure we're going to be talking more about this interview. I'm sure mm. Lou or Terry or any of the others might have their views that they want to discuss as well. Um, so thank you very much for them all uh, and we'll try and cover them as I say on Sunday um, so Card released a statement um, it was posted to Chart Life on the 19th of October so about 10 days ago-ish um, and it says the following it will be free speech day at the Valley on Saturday October 29th uh, Card has announced 
Card is urging fans to bring their own anti-regime banners to the game against Chesterfield and following a series of incidents at matches that have seen protesting Charlton supporters targeted and bullied by stewards, Card is warning the regime that it will carefully monitoring how the club treats its own fans. Free speech is one of the fundamental principles of society, but principles and common sense are severely lacking at the Valley at the moment, said a card, uh, card spokesperson. Earlier this year, the club introduced a new clause into the ground regulation specifically targeting banners that are critical of the owners. Um, and it goes on to suggest uh, that people should create their own banners um, and that basically there's, there shouldn't be anything that the club can do to stop you bringing those in. So mm. have you made one, Nate? Uh, well, they're all in the factory at the moment, yeah. so no, I'm joking. How many no, you bring in? Twenty, about thirty thousand. Excellent. No, I'm joking. I'd, um, yeah, I'd, I've been. You know, everyone's entitled to bring the banner, but I'd, I assume they'd have to be a certain size to get in due to a fire safety. And they all will. That. Yeah, and, um, uh, it does say fans should note banners should be no bigger than uh, 150 centimeters by 150 centimeters to meet the fire regulations, and yeah. also reiterates that card are opposed to any swearing, misogynistic, or xenophobic slogans as yeah. well. Yeah. So exactly. So I mean, they can't really surely police it. Um, like they said, the whole day is called free free speech, so you can say what you want as long as they're not derogatory or whatever. So, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see a few. Um, I've, I've, well, I sit in the North Lower, so there was a few. Um, I think there was a few at the Coventry game that um, people to the left of me. Mm. I won't mention any names, but there was a few to the left of me that sort of had some, which was um, quite funny. And um, I think it, I've seen quite a few on Twitter. I think is it Will Will Ball CAFC? Yeah. Um, did loads overnight I think so he's going to be bringing a few um, obviously this comes particularly off the back of, of the commentary game where we saw uh, one person with a flag being uh, it looked like pinned uh, by security mm. outside the ground we haven't really heard as far as I'm aware heard anything off the back of that are you surprised by that no no, no yeah there's always going to be let it die down and then see what happens I mean I assume um, the in, the incident um, that, that might still be investigated, hence why nothing's come about of it. You know, might be still going on. But apart from that, they probably just wanted to keep the red down and Sur- then just try to blow off. See Flaggy? What's that? Surprised we didn't even see Flaggy? Just mm, I don't know. It's it's a bit of an odd one. I mean, it, it doesn't surprise me that it sort of died down a little bit because it, it was the only way it could go. Um, whether or not they're going to be there again, I don't know. I don't think they'll be there again. Yeah. Well, but you don't know, do you? She might have an entourage now. I don't know. Could be hundreds of them. Yeah, yeah. Everyone <laughs> pinned outside the ground at the end of the game. Well, at least it fills the stadium up a little bit, I suppose. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, what do you make of the card protests recently? Obviously, yeah. they gave they gave Slade a chance start of the season. Mm. Um, it hasn't really materialised since then. We've seen what pigs, planes, and now banners over, over three games. Um, obviously the first of those we went on to win the second probably lucky to draw but I don't think we can blame the plane for that although certain people might try that um, yeah pleased uh, yeah yeah. I mean they, you know they've been peaceful and they've been um, very well thought out but you know there's a lot of clever people part of cards so yeah I think it's been great um, hopefully they you know they keep doing what they're doing and you know they keep staying positive and like you know and it keeps going the way it is and but you know, like I'll always say, you know, banging the same old drum. As long as it's peaceful and it's not violent, which they will never do, yeah. um, then great. But then, as soon as you get in, the, you know, get in that stand, you can, you know, you do your process with the pigs or whatever. But after that, get behind the boys. I'm one for always getting behind the boys, win, lose, or draw. But um, yeah, no, I think it's been fine. And I think the Coventry one really, really uh, stood out. I knew it was going to be quite powerful, but I didn't anticipate it to be as powerful as it was. And really um, grabbed the attention yeah. of the, the national media as well, which yeah. is obviously the main point. Um, we'll just finish the, this chat about about the the protest by saying that the, the card spokesperson finished by saying, we intend to show the regime what we think of their bullying tactics and to stand up for free speech. Um, so, so get your banners ready. Uh, as I say, plenty of people already on Twitter posting photos. Um, um, we'll see them all uh, at the game on Saturday um, which as we said earlier is against Chesterfield uh, and that leads us on to our Charlton connection yeah um, as you said at the top of the show we thought we were going to be struggling um, oh, oh I thought we was clutching I was looking through squads back dang, that's like 10 years ago yeah, I think oh I, I'm struggling I yeah. think I went back to 2000 yeah. um, and we came up with three names um, yeah. now I think the first one we'll talk about is is Jason Lee um, yeah he was by far the most popular on that, certainly on the Chart and Life forum. Yeah. 
Um, a player, I'll be honest, I don't know a huge amount about. Um, I don't really remember him playing for us. Before your time, Tom, wouldn't it, mate? Yeah, as I'm only <laughs> as I'm only twelve, uh, <laughs> or I was when I was still buying tickets up until about two years ago. Um, I think he, I think he, I'm pretty sure he was the one when he went back. It was, it was when we uh, we bought Clyde Mendonca after he left. Yeah, so uh, just looking at his his Wikipedia, he joined us on loan uh, in 1997. Was um, that a bit before, maybe? So I would have been, I would have been here. Um, he played, would have been here. He Earth. played, he played 1989 <laughs> to 1991 with us, but played one game uh, and then came back on loan in '97. Mm. Um, three goals in eight games. Uh, and what did people make of him on well, Charlton Life? I, put, I, I I literally put it on Charlton Life as just I put it out there, you know, expecting about two comments yeah. i ended up getting like 28 which i think is like unbelievable but we've, only, so I've we've got, only got 16 minutes yeah i know so i'm gonna gonna admit there's there, it's a mishmash of jamal and jason in here so i'm gonna go right so mcbobbin said uh favorite jason lee story was him scoring the third as we came back from 4-2 down against norwich before leeburn grabbed the equalizer leeburn one of the most exciting games i've seen and he also said he, also he was good in the air and had two left feet so I don't know if that's a <laughs> if that's a bad thing or no. if it's a good thing or two good feet, but either way, or he actually had two left feet. Uh, yeah, Clive said I used to watch youth team a lot when Jason Lee played up front with Gordon Watson, the best front pair, and I've seen at the level. Um, Ashburton said Jason Lee's hairstyle prompted the occasional comparison to a tropical fruit. Hazard a guess at that one. Uh, uh, there's cause there's loads, but there was there was one I've got to try and find it. Uh, and then uh, Stuart on that same game against Norwich, Stuart Barmer got sent off. Uh, Robson and Kinsella scored a free kick or something and they scored again so yeah I mean there's loads of um, Jason Lee played in our, our only youth cup final so to be fair looking at he's been quite there's been quite a few on here really from, considering but he hasn't had a huge amount of games no but quite I mean he obviously stuck out he, he, he's obviously had a he had a decent little time here and then um, again mirrors Christophe Lepoix sort of yeah yeah. but he's a bit more influential short, than short time big impact yeah it's what we look for in a Charlton player um, the, the second player we were going to mention was Leon Clark. Um, yeah. In 2011, was with Swindon but went to Chesterfield on loan. Scored nine in 14 there. Um, unsurprisingly, when he went back to Swindon, he had a massive falling out with one Paolo Di Canio. Um, again, a, a slight chart connection there as well. Um, came to us in January 2012 in a swap deal for Benson, which that was the year we won the league, wasn't it? 2012. Paul Benson um, and came in but seven games and according to Wiki no goals um, hey, Jamal uh, no Leon Clark oh Leon Clark sorry yeah um, well so this someone perhaps who didn't have such a big impact on us no. but a phenomenal player for Chesterfield it appears yeah I remember when he started I remember when he came here he came off the bench and he looked absolutely rubbish mm. he was he was really pony when I saw him but it, he's obviously he does the job elsewhere he just didn't click for him when he was here um and in fairness right. to him, was competing against the likes of Wright Phillips, Hayes, and possibly Kermigan at the time. Mm, so. Yeah, I mean, he, I remember. Yeah, he, he came here and he was like, "Oh, all right, he might be all right," but mm. he didn't pull up any trees. But again, no. we weren't exactly an amazing side back then. And talking of not pulling up any trees, the final connection we've got, which would have been my choice for no other reason than his his Jamaican goal scoring record, is Jamal Campbell Rice. Yeah, he only um, played three games for us. So. Yeah, two thousand and one to four with us, three appearances. Um, Went on loan to Chesterfield at that time, yeah, um, and then went back to Chesterfield in 2016, so this year, yeah, and scored two in nine. But his best goals to game ratio anywhere was for the Jamaican national side, where he got eight goals in 22 games, so better than one in three. <laughs> That's not bad, is it? Really, <laughs> in national level, isn't it? Not national bad at all. Sort of striker. Um, but you've got another interesting stat about his time at Charlton, I believe. Yeah, some. Hang on, let me find this one because this was amazing. It was on Charlton Life. I don't, I, I've not done the research to qu- to qualify this quote, by the way, people. I think we'll don't take start. it, because it is a good So name. it was... Oh, here we go. So it was on Charlton Life from uh, from Simonson. He said, Campbell, Campbell Rice provided the cross for Paolo De Canio's only open play goal for Charlton against Luton. Oh, that's amazing. I never knew De Canio had never scored open play. You go. I know he scored the penalties and all that, but... Yeah. Only open play, open play goal. That's incredible. I guess as such a, a maverick player, you just kind of immediately think of him as a person yeah. and actually forget what he does on on the pitch so much. But yeah, so Jamal Campbell Rice with with one very important, well, maybe not that important, but important in Decanio's eyes, uh, assist. Yeah, you have got another one. You got CFC for life. So I remember going to a reserve game at the Valley and watching Campbell Rice getting sent off after eleven eleven mass brawl broke out. It was quite funny to watch. Good. And you got love a mass brawl. Uh, and then you got someone saying he debut away at. Blackburn, someone sang the name to the tune of Tiger Feet. 
Right. Um, I'm not going to try that now. No, I was going to say, I was going to do that. But then you had someone <laughs> I also... See. I weren't going to bust that now. I could see you thinking Ooh, about it. maybe. No. no. But, no. <laughs> but then you had Richard, last one. Richard J. Come out also said there was a connection with Laurie Madden and John Vaughan. I think that might be a bit before my time. I think it probably was. But yeah, I mean, a big thanks to everyone on um, Channel Life because, as I said, I thought there was going to be like three comments, mm. but it was like twelve twenty odd. Thank you very much. Uh, and yeah, this it, was ma- f- it makes the minutes go by. It does, and this is obviously a feature we we introduced what about a couple of months ago when we were yeah, struggling for content, yeah, we? yeah. but. Yeah, fans have leapt on it, so so keep it up. We'll obviously Nate puts out his tweet every week with a little. Yeah, bone. I try. I'll, um, I'll, I will try and keep it to the 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 um, past players only because I think it was uh, Mads who said, "Can we try and not have the current players?" Which it is easy just to keep yeah. talking about current players, but it's nice to sort of reminisce of the olden days. So yeah. that's I think, what yeah, I'll do. W- when we can, we'll do our research on the older players as well. Uh, like yeah, we yeah, I've got a few, I've I've got a few years on you, I think, yeah. Tom, but. Uh, so we need Terry in here on a Thursday, don't we, really? Oh, oh I was going to say something then, but I went for Sorry, Tell, I won't say nothing. That wasn't me either, Tell, that was Louis. Um, so, yeah, right. Uh, we're going to take a quick 30-second break, and when we get back, we've got 10 minutes left just to talk about Chesterfield uh, and the upcoming game on Saturday. Charlton Live. Welcome back to Charlton Live, the big match preview podcast uh, here on Thursday, the 27th of October, looking ahead to the game against Chesterfield. Uh, and we'll start with Russell Slade's press day um, again because m- my technology is useless. I haven't got the audio as we usually would, but I'll sort of summarise briefly what he said. Um, this is taken from the the club's website, and he says he wants the, uh, his side to start with a greater intent and purpose when they host Chesterfield. Um, whilst we picked up three points against Coventry um, and then had an impressive first half display in the draw with Port Vale uh, last weekend at Gillingham we struggled to match that uh, and I think you'd probably agree with that Nate were you, were you there on Saturday at Gillingham? No I was I couldn't I had to do other certain certain plans so okay can, yeah but yeah I obviously heard uh, that we started poorly um he says, uh, I don't know where the start against Gillingham came from. It was obviously quite a tough week with the virus that went around, which is something he mentioned straight after the game. Um, we didn't start with the intent and purpose that we have done in some of our previous games. We have no excuses. We had to really battle and grind our way into the game. There wasn't too much going on in the first half, but I was honest enough to admit they were the better side. And second half, we showed good spirit and desire to come back. Um, just on that point, that's something we've talked about a lot in recent games, about the need to start quickly. Yep. Um, we said it against the likes of Oldham, I remember, on the Tuesday night, and that didn't happen. Um, it's the home games. It's what it is. It's we the home said game. it against yeah. Rotherham as well in the home game, uh, and again, that didn't really happen. Um, Coventry, and I know we got one goal, but you could argue we didn't really you know, dominate in that, mm. um, and we had to rely on those two late goals to really kill the game off. So do you see that being different on Saturday? Um yeah, I think it all boils down to what formation and what what sort of style of play we uh, we're going to go for. To be honest, um, yeah, like you said, we've all, we we always sort of say we've got to start quickly and sort of state the bleeming obvious. But at your home games, you've got to do that. You know, I said on I think it was last Thursday, that away games. I'm not that. You know, I'm not. I know we should take it to teams more, but. Maybe it'd be a little bit more conservative away from home, but your home games, you've got to take it to play. You've got to, going to have a lot of people come. It's still where we are. You're still going to have a lot of people sitting behind the ball, mm. so you've still got to take it to them, but be a bit more, a bit more savvy about it. But um, yeah, no, I still we've got we've got to go out. And they ain't even they ain't won away from home yet yeah. this season. Do you know what I mean? So you can't your home games. You can't sit there with one up front when you've got that sort of firepower we have. You've got to go for it. Um, whether or not we do, it could be a big surprise. But I think I know what's going to happen, but yeah. Okay, so uh, you say they haven't won away from home yet. They've yep. lost four in October in the league without even scoring a goal. Yeah. Um, but having said that, a similar run to Gillingham, um, mm. a similar sort of position in the league to Gillingham. Um, and we all saw what happened there, though granted this is at home. Uh, off the back of all those stats, uh, Russell continued today's press conference by saying, Chesterfield have got threats in their team, there's no doubt about that, and everyone knows how tight the league is. 
We played Coventry at home recently and in the end it was a fairly comfortable win. They were bottom of the table at the time but they've gone on to win their last two games and that gives you an indication of how topsy-turvy it is and how anybody can beat anybody. Yeah, You can't take anything for granted, that's the point I'm trying to make and we'll need to be fully focused on Saturday. Hmm. Um, agree, threats in their team? You can have threats in every team. You're not gonna you're not gonna come up against a side in League One, League Two, Premiership, Championship, Champions League. You're not gonna come up with, against a team that has no threat whatsoever. Every team has a threat. It's how you deal with those threats and make sure that you put your stamp on the game to make your best players make it and nullify them. That's what we need to do. And if you look on paper, we have a stronger squad, so we should be able to nullify their threats and play the way and dictate the play that we want to play. And then if we do that, that's how we get results. We need to start focusing on what we can do instead of always worrying about the opposition. And one thing we could do, uh, and it's probably going to be the main talking point either way, depending how it goes when the team sheet's announced, yeah. is play Nicky Jose from the start. Yep. Um, now, we obviously awarded two penalties um, on Saturday. Ricky Holmes missed the first and Jose scored the second. Um, and Slade uh, said in his press conference today uh, it would have done him a lot of good Nicky's introduction off the bench was a welcomed one and it was good for him to get himself back on the score sheet we'll have to wait and see uh, about whether he plays on Saturday I'm not going to give any signals out uh, as to what we may start with at the weekend now that's not really a surprise you know a press day you don't want to be giving the other team any clues do you expect him to start Saturday? Um, Do I expect do I want him to? Yes Mm. do I expect him to? No so you still think he? I still think that. I still have him on the. Yeah, yeah. I still do. Honestly. And how do you think we'll set up four four two? We'll have the, four, no, five, I still one. think we'll have. I think we'll have two up front, but I reckon it'll be Big Mac and, and Novak. I think. Hopefully, I'm wrong, but I just think because I don't, I don't, I don't know if Jose done anything to warrant his place apart from scoring the penalty. Yes, mm. but in the other terms of play, which could be said to we didn't play to his strengths like we always say, but. Yeah. I just think he won't start him. I just don't think he will. Did you see the highlights of the penalty on Saturday? Yeah, I did, and I did see the celebration, which could be another fact why he's going to say, right, what mate, do, what do you I'm make the of boss, that? stay on the bench. You don't, I don't know, but um, hopefully he starts. I want to see him start, but mm. um, I don't know. I, I, just, I just think Russell was, has a way of playing, and um, and it, I, think he, I think he'll just start in there. I'd like to see how he got up top for a change. You know, I'd like him to... Take those defensive shackles off him, mm. but then who have you got? We can't play Batar because he's injured and yeah. he only gets ten minutes. But yeah, I'd like him, but I don't think he that, will. That so. Adam Chickson played on the left, I think, yeah. against Crawley. Mm. Uh, it was a game we lost, and it was a game against lower league opposition. But he did play on the left, yeah. so there's potential to play him and Holmes if you really wanted Lookman up front. But I think I agree with you. I think he's going to stick to to keeping Lookman out wide for the moment, especially yeah. whilst Batar is injured. Um, and in terms of midfield. Um, Obviously, the other week we saw Jackson, Crofts and Olverstad all playing in the middle. Yeah. Uh, it's a subject, those two in particular, Jackson and Crofts and Foley, uh, earlier in the season, we had a big debate about them all playing. Um, who do you expect to start in, in the middle for Charlie? Jacko won't. No? No, I reckon you'll have Olves and um, Crofty. Okay. I reckon, uh, and no, yeah, so you have a four four two: Croft, Olvey, Holmes, Lookman, Noves. Which I think Josh. I think that's how we set up against Coventry, wasn't it, to start yeah. with? And I have to say that midfield, okay, we weren't brilliant, and Coventry, you know, weren't much of an opposition. But I th- did think that was how we looked a, a, bit, a lot better in the middle. Mm. Um, you know, I think at Jackson, we know what he's done for us over the years. But for me, you've got to pick Jackson or Crofts. Mm. Key is for me. Are we short on time? Mm, we got three minutes. minutes left. The key for me on Saturday is you've got to get. If we're going to play Cross and Overstad, you've got to let Overstad have that bit more license mm. and get in front of the ball, which we said about the um, the um, not the Gillingham game, the one before that. What was it? Uh, when he's got the little flick thing. Oh, uh, Port Vale. Port Vale. That's what we need him to do at home. When he got forward and when he got the possession in wider areas, and he was gave it not free roll, but he had more time. He put the crossing for Josh's Josh's goal. Yeah, you know he had the, he, he had the finish at Port Vale. He, we need to be a bit more fluid in terms of him getting forward and then Croft sitting. But, I mean, because when we say rigid, what you see is sometimes you see us so rigid as a four, apart from Holmes and looking at sometimes, you see us so rigid, it's just two central midfielders mm. and there's no support there. So all we do is bombing our wingers on and they go, right, cross the box, cross the ball for Josh, that's it, that's what you're going to do. My, and that's, the, that's my, why I think he'll play Noves. My dad, who's not, not a massive football fan, but probably comes once or twice a year and mm. has done since... Maybe 2,000. Every season says the same about the chart midfield. Uh, arguably, perhaps some of the Premier League years we had good, but certainly for the last 10 years, he said our midfield is always so static and we P- always end up bypassing yep. them. 
Um, so if he can see it, why, why can't Russ? Mm. But maybe he will. Uh, and as possibly Olverstad's biggest fan, uh, if that gets yeah, you are, you have got I, a bit of a man question. A little bit. I don't know. I don't know what it is about him. But yeah. if he can get forward and more attacking, then that's fine by me. I had, I, had, I did have a man crush for Igor though. To be oh, fair, did you? Okay. yeah. What what was it about him? I don't know. I think I think he waved at me at Welling. I think. <laughs> so that's all easily it, pleased. That's all it takes, ladies. <laughs> Next yeah, just give him a wave. Give him a wave, and they're all yours. <laughs> no, I think, yeah, I just, I just knew he was going to be a good player, and it was just unfortunate the way it ended with Igor. But um, he's still on loan, isn't he? So yeah, but yeah, we ain't, ain't going to see him again. I mean, on forty grand a week or something. Yeah, but yeah, no, hopefully we see him back um, one day. But. Right, Lou's not here. Usually, yeah. as a presenter, I don't have to predict, but as there's only two of us, I think I will. Um, but I'm going to let you go first because I usually end up taking your score. So uh, okay, I'm going to go for two-one, Charlton. Goal scorers. Goal scorers are going to be. Nikia Jose, last minute, but the first one to be done by. Um, I'm going to go for Paddy. Okay, Paddy and Nikia Jose. Yeah, he'll have got over his virus then. Yeah, fair enough. I'm going to go for a three nil. Olverstad hat trick. Yes, because I don't host very often, so just get that in. There. I'm going to get. I'm going to try get him to you get you a signed CD or something. You see, what the, you see what the odds are on that. I'm going to stick a quid on that. <laughs> right, that's uh, just about all we've got time for today. Um, we'll be back on Sunday to dissect uh, that fantastic hat trick. Uh, yeah. <laughs> thank you very much for coming in, Nath. No worries, mate. Cheers, and thank you everyone for listening. Uh, and as I say, we'll be back Sunday. Come on, you Reds. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.